Be sure, and I mean sure, I mean really, really sure, sure, be sure to tune in to Francatolo, Francatolo Chronicles, at 9 o'clock, which is when you're hearing this. So, this is really an exercise in redundancy, but I love Frank, so I wanted to do this anyway. God bless you, Frank. Give me a box of pants. All right, all right, I apologize. I'm really, really sorry. I apologize unreservedly. I offer a complete and utter retraction. The imputation was totally without basis in fact and was in no way fair comment and was motivated purely by malice. And I deeply regret any distress that my comments may have caused you or your family. And I hereby undertake not to repeat any such slander at any time in the future. Mr. Saturday Dan. Mr. Saturday Dance. Mr. Saturday Dance. Mr. Saturday Dance. Missed the Saturday Dance. Mr. Saturday Dance Miss the Saturday
The donut lady has napkins. I'm scared as hell. And now, on with the show. Now, from New York. was written by Fred Amp and John Candler. Shut up! <laughs> I'm talking now, Frank. Let's sing this together, you and me. Don Costa. And stolen He's dead, me. too. Move on. Start spreading the news. This is dedicated to my hometown. I am leaving today. But not quick enough. I want to feel. Oh, I got it. I can make sure I. New, New I York, New York. Oh, he's going to improvise. He is. He's vagabond. Vagabond. They are longing to stray. You got a live version here, and he's got this thing in his voice. I am. New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that never sleep. And find I'm king of the hill. Top of the heat. My little town blue. Come on, everybody, you know the words. They are melting away. Melting away. I'm gonna make a brand new start of it in old New York. If I can make make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you. of broadcasting now on the air Y2K plus 12 
philosophical entertainment, irrelevant irreverence, and absolute meaningless to the universe. <laughs> it's me. Netsarati, couple surfers, netaholics, infomaniacs, uh, curious yellow. Time once again to uh, twiddle the light of fantastic as we move into the future. What's left of it? Right here in the present. My name is Frank Atola. Man, whose name is the title of the show. Stay with us. Two hours of this, that, and the other thing. After I scat from Hamlet to City, from Othello, and into every uh, bordello. Take out your bali lockers out. And the lint in your belly buttons out. We're here. Live. Live. Around the world. Don't make anything small about this, my comrades, my friends, mi amigos, mon chéri. This is an around-the-world broadcast for the facilities of all the stations. You may be listening to it live at this very moment, whatever time zone you're in. And with me, Frankie Tolo, the man whose name adorns the title of the show, chronicling on this Y2K uh, plus 12, the one and only time of its time. With a little luck, a lot of smarts, guts, and hearts, we come to you with deep purpose, like something on the horizon you've been waiting to see. So wake up, it is truly, truly night. But it's always darkest before the dawn. Yes. Stay with us for the next some odd time. Don't count. Just stay. Going places.
Okay, you want to hear something? Let me tell you something. I very, very rarely bring to you layers of my emotions. Actually, that's not true either because I, I, I'm, I'm pretty darn sincere, as crazy as this, as this might be. When I come to this microphone each and every week on, on, on the few weeks that I'm not here. But let me say this, that, you know, there's been a lot of upgrading with various technological approaches to the broadcasting of this show. And uh, once again, a reflection of my life uh, in, in, in general, uh, things, that, things, that, things that really show a pattern that cannot and will not alter. And, 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 and I can tell you this because, you know, I've only been here so long. You've only been here so long, but I think I've been here a lot longer than a lot of you. I know that. I appreciate the fact that you come to me as the wisdom of, of the North, the great wise man who sits in the cloudy cave. But, you know, things, it's amazing. It's just amazing to me how things are built and then knocked down immediately in front of my eyes. I've never had the opportunity <laughs> to ready myself for such changes. This is now I'm not I'm not alone in this because everyone goes through this snap of a finger and things change. And I but they never seem with me to be able to uh, I never really able to adapt with the skill that so many people I know have done and are able to do and I I admire these people I grew up with people and I'm talking about any little uh, change that that occurs in any situation I'm talking about when I was playing even when I was playing softball which is a uh, it's a kind of, it's a it's a concrete version of baseball only the ball is bigger and you play on concrete you don't play on dirt and stuff softball but you hit it and stuff okay but but um still it can be a pretty pretty tough game as all games were in the inner city when you were playing them but even then i was uh, just I needed time. I had to play the outfield. I'll tell you why I had to play the outfield. Because in the outfield, when a, a ball is hit to the outfield, maybe it hit it bounces once, you know, but it's usually a fly. And when it's a fly ball, I had the time to establish perception. I had a time. I had time to look. Say, this is a high ball, and I have to move in a little bit. I have to, in other words, the reaction is calculated and not so quick. Okay, there are line drives and once in a while, but you still have time. You're not inside of the field. Of course, you're inside the field, but you're out there. You're in the outfield. There's time to adjust, time to run in, time to run out, to left, to right. And I'm good at this, and I was a very good outfielder because I had time to adjust. The few times... For some reason or another, on my team, I had to put myself, 
I was a captain of the team, but there was a manager, okay? and he put me like in shortstop because something happened. The shortstop, who was a terrific shortstop, this guy was great. I mean, he's one of these natural ball players, lanky guy, and uh, just had a great arm. I didn't have a good arm, but I had such perception it didn't matter in the outfield to have that good an arm. You weren't throwing people out if you know anything about baseball, and why should you? But what I'm saying is this: the the times I had to play the infield. Uh, horrible. No reaction time. A ball is hit. And even a big ball, a softball is a big ball. It's not a little ball. So it doesn't come at you like a bullet. But yet it does. It comes at you. Okay? And it's a smaller field, too. This is not a regulation baseball field. Uh, and, and what I'm trying to get to is that when I'm inside, then when I'm in the infield, it's called the infield, inside. Anytime I'm there, I have no time to adjust. How do you, how do you adjust? This ball, you're, you're there and you're ready and suddenly someone hits this ball and you've got to uh, perceive it. You've got to time it. You've got to put your hand where you think it's going. You've got no time at all. As far as I'm concerned. And I'm not, I was never that talented. As good at first base because all you had to do is throw the ball at me. <laughs> See, I get the guy who's running. Okay, I was okay on there. That's where we throw a lot of people. I know we threw them on first base so that uh, because they, you know, they could just catch. Although there were some good players. Okay, I'm getting away from the point. The point is I had, I even in live, at the moment, action, in life itself, as it happens, I need a little time. And I don't have a lot of time. I'm not one of those people who has an automatic learning curve. Just automatically, it, 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 something sinks in, even in, even in class. Now, I don't about baseball to class. Let's go to algebra in, in class. While I'm playing uh, softball, I need to be in the outfield where I can, where I can excel. I have time to see that ball, how high, how, how fast it's coming down, how far I have to walk or run either way. Got time. You don't got that time on the infield. And, and I joke a lot about when I was in college, I'm going to go back to algebra. We're not in college. Let's go to algebra. I'm going to algebra in grade school. And in algebra in grade school, I'm not getting it. And, and, and everyone's getting it. Okay. Everyone's getting it. I'm not getting it. So you've got to be the only one to raise his hand and go, I need a little time on this. I need a little time here. Well, you don't get it. Now, I'm always joking. And this goes all the way through my career of education because I'm telling you about every week laughing about Dr. Fablianic telling you that in this particular chemistry class, was it chemistry? I don't even know. Physics, chemistry. I don't see a difference. The chemics, the chemical physics and the phys- physical chemistry. It doesn't matter. It just gets, it all becomes a gobbledygook at some point. And I'm telling you about Dr. Fablianic, the German doctor, who looks exactly like that crazy, you know that duck, in the Donald Duck, there's that crazy professor guy. <laughs> this is like, this is a cartoon Austrian doctor. I've talked about him all the time because I'm always telling you, right, dish down, I imitate him. And it's exactly how he sounded, Dr. Fablianic. I write dish down, quick, write dish down. Telling you to write things down so that you remember them, so that you can go back and look at them. And and he's he gives you no time. There's no time to even write it down. Because he wants you to be so quick. He wants you to adjust to the knowledge, to absorb this complicated 
this complex matrix of numbers in this equations or whatever it is he put up there so quickly that he writes it. And before he's finished writing it, if it goes the length of uh, half of, half of a blackboard, he's already erasing the beginning. And as it's quick, write this down. That's why he's going quick, quick. He's not going to give you a chance. I'm writing it. And as I get to the middle of it, when he's writing it, he's already erasing the front of it. This is the, this is the whole deal. If you haven't heard in the past, my particular, dis, uh, detailing of Dr. Fablianic. That's the deal, see? And here again, I'm lost. I have no time. I'm on the in, I'm in the infield again, and he's and he's hit this ball. It's bouncing two or three times. I don't know how high it's going to bounce. I don't know if I'm going to get him, but I fumble it. I'm going to have to throw it to first. I got no time in the outfield. I have time, and it doesn't work in 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 school like it did in in the outfield. You can't sit in the back of the room, and, and, and the information doesn't go any slower if it you know, or any wider or higher for you to be able to adjust if you sit in the back of the room. There's no spatial gift. For those of us with the learning curve of a pit bull, and I am actually do to pit, pit bulls. I hear are pretty smart. I don't know much about that. I, I, I've said that. How about squirrels? Are squirrels smart? Well, they know where they they, they know where they keep their nuts. That's for sure. My name is Frank Atolo, and the man whose name adorns the title of the show, and I am under duress. And again, as I've mentioned before and as I've done shows, I'm doing this again under the auspices of adversity with this new technical setup. If you want to hear this show, of course, you can hear it now by clicking the link on katolochronicles.blogspot.com, and you go to a page now, a page where you cl- a complete page with a player on it. You don't, no longer does it stick into your Winamp. I don't got a Winamp anymore. You know? It beats the llama's ass. Remember that? Winamp. It beats the, whatever it said. No more. No more that. No more the media player. Nothing. Now we're dealing with extremely complex software. For me. For me. For your father. For your father. For your father. <laughs> me. For your father. So you have to write these things down, and you can learn about them later. I know, and I have this feeling, and I think I'm correct in saying that most of the people listening to this show, and and this I I respect this and I admire it, are a lot smarter than the man who does the show. I get a knack, I get a talent, and I'm quick. But it doesn't necessarily mean, and I could never talk down to my audience. And one thing I could never do is talk down to my audience. I'm smarter than that. I'm smart. Not like people think. I'm smart. And, and to, just by doing that, it shows how stupid I can be. No less on this show, the show that adorns, my name adorns the title of this show. Frank Atolo. Man whose name adorns the title. This is Catolo Chronicles. I'm chronicling. And I thought it would be great, and I still think it would be great. What we're gonna do and there's no is is go into this realm of two thousand twelve. We're we're rapidly heading to the end of two thousand I think we're five weeks away 
from 2013. And uh, there are a lot of you people know, we all know, we've all heard that, you know, December 21st is, is the end of the world based on these this these this tribe that that didn't even know they didn't even have refrigerators, my friends. They didn't have I don't know what they had. I don't know how they got around. I don't even know what kind of clothes they didn't have. The Mayans did not have vests. Okay, they didn't have vests. And a civilization that, that does can't even figure out vests is no civilization to trust when it comes to the end of the world as we know it. And yet, the Mayan calendar has been in the news all year. We we talked somewhere in the middle of this year, maybe in the beginning of this year, of doing a show on the 21st, an actual show. And then we decided we're not going to do that because this is so bogus. This is so stupid. It's ridiculous to even address that. I learned during the week that the Mayan calendar... 2012 thing, which of course has launched any number of popular culture themes, including the movie 2012, and every day uh, you hear about people taking it seriously, uh, stocking up, because there's going to be this major change. You know, it goes from the fact that here's the end of the world, and then it goes downward. And this is, (laughs) it's not even like one Theory. It's not even like one prediction, because you hear one person says, "What are you doing?" You know, I'm stocking up on on canned goods and artillery, guns, bullets, everything I need for December twenty first, two thousand twelve. Why? If the if the world is ending, what are you going to do? Shoot at the end? What is the? Are you going to shoot at it? What are you going to do? You're going to, going to open up those cans and have yourself some some uh, cold chili, some uh, some Chef Boyardee meat ravioli while the world is ending? What are you going to do? I mean, if it is going to end, you might as well stand there, cook a nice halibut, you know, or make yourself a nice steak or something while the world is ending. Don't open up a can of Chef Boyardee. My point here is that there's a, different, a whole bunch of different theories as to what will happen. And there are six major ones. I learned this week six major ones with the help of National Geographic Society, the National Geographic Society, not the International Geographic Society, not the, the NGS. I'm going to debunk and talk about these myths. I'm going to debunk myths. Anyway, I'm going to debunk these theories. They, want, they are myths. We're going to bust this myth wide open. These myths wide open. There are six major myths about how the world will end in 2012. Now, why 2012 became such an incredible year uh, to attract all these uh, these diabolical conspiracy? The world, I don't know. You know, uh, you have to think about this stuff in in a very uh, a very I want to say realistic. I don't want to use the word realistic. I don't want to go to my thesaurus either. I don't want to go to my thesaurus. I don't want to go to your thesaurus. I want to just uh, look at this like human beings uh, can, using our senses and science. um, And I want to assure you, and I can, and any number of people can, in any way, shape, or form, that's Nothing is going to happen so bad that it will alter your life so greatly come the 
the 21st or the end. Hey, do you remember, do any of you remember the big, the, the, the nonsense that went on when we were going from 1999 to 2000? That was like, that was really, that was really stupid. People on the edge of their seats, people, uh, I don't know what, they're turning their computers off, people taking money out of the bank, people doing the stupidest things in the world because they thought that since it turns from 1999 to 2000, then what happens? Uh, the computers go down and and everything shuts down, so therefore we're attacked or I don't know any, you name it. And I was a complete sham. And and most of us who sat there waiting for the 1999 to turn to the 2000, I realized what a sham. And it's amazing to me that everyone and most people, if not everyone, can have such faith in this technology, right? And yet, right? And yet, the fact that the digits changed meant the whole system was going to fall down and break. Imagine that. You, every day you rely on the internet and uh, the no, not forget about the internet. You rely on digital map every day to the extent you have no idea. You don't even put it into your head how much you rely on it. And then what? And then we're all going, aye, aye, but, but the two, the, the zeros are coming and then there's going to be the end of it. It's all going to break. That, that is so, so stupid. So how can we be both things? Maybe we want to be scared. Maybe not. I don't know. But we're going to get into this. And you will learn if you don't know about the other five or all six of these conspiracies made up by God knows who or whatever. And we will debunk them so that you don't have to worry, so that you can go out, get your Christmas gifts if you do Christmas, get your Hanukkah gifts if you do eight days of Hanukkah, or do whatever. You've got enough to worry about. Yes, there's enough. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll debunk them. You have enough to worry about. Uh, and and then, you won't, and then you'll, you'll do exactly what you have to do. And I don't need a learning curve to do that for you. And I don't need... I'm, I'm very good at this stuff. I don't have a concepts like this. I don't have to wait and work it out. But... As we're talking, as I'm talking, as we're doing this show, Y2K plus 12 here on the 22nd of November, 23rd of November over the international dateline. Not even over the international dateline. I mean, over the Pacific Ocean, over the, no, it's even earlier. You can figure out the own, your own time. It's now. It's now, no matter what. Uh, we're going to do this. And I'll tell you about some other things. Before we do that, after this. In a world where reading is dying out, a new champion emerges. Wacky escapades. Parallel universes. Hello, everyone. This is me, Frank Catolo. There's never a dull moment as Frank weaves the tale of a writer making you laugh, chuckle, and learn a bit about life. Pick up License to Scale by Frank Patolo now on Amazon for your Kindle. Have you bought this book yet? Because you can. You can go get it. 
I, I, and even as we're speaking here, I don't, I just don't know what's happening. The windows of this great big interface I have now are shrinking. And there's just no reason for this. Uh, and I hate, this is the other learning curve thing, you know, I hate, why does this happen? Why does this happen? Why are they shrinking? No, there's no reason for any of this. And I can't figure them out. I can't figure this out at all. Why they're shrinking. These boxes keep shrinking. They get smaller and smaller and they should be. And I can't look. There's no arrow that goes down. Well, look at how small. There's There's a meter there to read and everything. And it's not there. And I don't know why this stuff happens. And it bothers me. It's no, it shrunk. It was this big. Don't you see? Don't you understand every time I play something? I'll maximize it and nothing happens. See? I don't know. Right click on this this and nothing. Right right click on that and nothing happens. See? It's a very, it's a a mysterious. uh, No, I'm not going to do that. That may, something may happen. Right? What's going to happen? Nothing even happens. And it's getting smaller. Absolutely nuts. I'm going to stay on the air and do what I got to do. And I don't even know. You know, I think that they, uh, <laughs> and it, and this, this bothers me again. And I know it's me because any other person sits down and goes, Oh, here's what you do. And I loved when I had to get all this stuff together and I had to make the change. As I mentioned, I think last week when we started this, if it was not for Phil Hung at SRN, I would have never gotten this thing up again. I have no idea. And Phil is one of those guys. You know, he's born and bred digital. And he just knows these things automatically. And, and I'm, and I'm always, I'm amazed and I, and I respect uh, these young people who can do this immediately. Um, now by the, this, this will shrink to nothing. And I don't even, no, I'll still know I'm on the air, but I won't be able to know when anything is beginning or ending. So there, I do have a great big clock here, though I never had before. And it's a digital clock. It's a combination digital clock and face clock, uh, hand clock with seconds. That's why I could say, as I did uh, last week, it's 21 minutes after the hour. 21 minutes after the hour. That's all? Yeah, we got a long way to go. Let's go together. Let's do it. Get yourself licensed to skill. Put it on your iPhone, your iKindle, your Kindle. Do you have a Kindle account? Or do you can go over there at uh, Amazon and get one. And then, now hopefully what we have to do is make sure that the nose doesn't start to bleed. I had this, no, one no, nothing particularly to worry about. But yesterday I had these two massive nosebleeds. And I'm really letting you into my life here. I, I don't know why I'm doing that. I rarely do that. I'll only do that if it's going to mean that we're going to, that I'm going to address something that is universal. I think nosebleeds are universal. I think people get nosebleeds and they get them for any which what reason. That's why I'm not a doctor because a guy would come in and say, I got a nosebleed and my doctor, Mr. Dr. Gatolo, and I would go, well, it's a which, what, any which, what reason why you got that. I have no idea. Take two aspirins, stay in bed and drink plenty of liquids. <laughs> That'll take care of it. Makes me laugh. It should make you laugh too. I want you to understand that everything continually on the, uh, on the blog, Keeping that up, I, I swear this has shrunk a little more. I, I just don't. This is the most incredibly ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life, and I know I just do it. And yeah, incredibly ridiculous, which means it's it's uh, it's unbelievable. That means it's un- it's hard to believe how ridiculous this could be. Phrase fun loving. Yeah, I'm a, what a fun loving guy. 
Aww. Yeah, he's a fun-loving child. Who doesn't love fun? What kind I of a person out there? Who? Child. would Yeah, who wouldn't love fun? Who would say, yeah, I don't want to have fun. <laughs> it make me miserable. <laughs> My name is Frank Atoma. Man is named during the title of the show. And, of course, I am the bard of broadcasting. I want to remind you that you can only, uh, you can go to Out Loud shows to get various Catolo Chronicle past shows and uh, to get the uh, the, the latest ones uh, soon, I think. Uh, but uh, that uh, Out Loud shows will not be there forever. So uh, we'll tell you more about that. So go get, go load up on those shows. Later in the month, I will tell you, or the beginning of the next month, I will tell you how you can uh, get other Catolo Chronicle shows and what have you, and uh, we'll we'll figure all this out as time goes by. Look, we did it before, we'll do it again. In the meantime, in between time, go get License to Skill. Also, go get Molotov Memoirs, now $3.99 for a digital copy, and you could take that digital copy, and you know what you could do with it. You could watch, you could see the T. Stefan Gessick uh, pictures, which are terrific, and read those great stories. All that from me, Frank Atolo. Here at Catolo Chronicles. We're going to be... Oh, excuse me. There goes a little more of that. Uh, I, I ate so much that I... And I had some alcohol. And I knocked myself right out. It was like a pill. Like a pill? I, uh, in any event, in all events, and certainly in this event, let's take a look uh, at, at what I was talking about before. Well, I don't have any music to go into this. Maybe I do. Hold on a second. Let's see. Can we use this? I don't know. Do we want to use that? Where did that go anyway? No, let's not use that. How about we use this? This? How about this? No, I don't think we can use that. How about we use this? Oh, this is good. <laughs> yes. End of the world. Yes. Here's some, here's some great end of the world music right here. While I get up my uh, all my notes, this is um, this is Aaron Copeland, I believe. This is uh, Aaron Copeland Bronco Rodeo or something. Bronco Rodeo. Didn't we do something? We did Aaron Copeland stuff a couple of uh, weeks ago. I have no idea what. Anyway, here's some stuff for that. You know what was on this week? Gone with the Wind. Uh, I know. You don't give a damn. But anyway, let's, let's move on. Here it is. You know, they use this on the news, on some news shows. I love these pieces, I'm telling you. I just want to play it. It's going to be so bad when the world ends and we can't hear this stuff anymore, yeah? It's almost over. We have no idea. No, this thing goes, forget, forget it. Oh, no, you know what? I can't turn it off. That's amazing. I can't turn it. I know. Because I can't see the stop button. Isn't this nuts? I'm once again involved in a... Uh... All right. No, I can't see the, I can't see the stop button. I'm, 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 try... I'm running. I'm flying this. <laughs> I'm flying this plane by the seat of my pants. You know, I got to call into... I got to call the uh, tower. Can you, can you uh, help me f- land... Look at this! I have no, I have no. Unbelievable! You're listening to Catolo Chronicles, and you're hearing it all as it happens. There's no editing. There's no nothing. This is just what we do. It's the curse of 
I, I know. Maybe we can put on. I know what I could do. I could just hear. Wait a second. I'll, I'll just put something else on that ends quickly. Give me a box of pa- yeah, pa- and then And look, and she doesn't even finish it. I, it doesn't even finish. I hate this. Here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, I hate this software. I hate all of this. I feel like walking off the show right now. I hate this. I got, and yet, you know, what's, what's strange is that I never had any of this, never had any of this stuff. I, I started the show years and years and years ago, and there was nothing to do but talk. I didn't have, there wasn't even a theme. You know, we opened up saying, uh, Whatever it is I say with the nightcap, the ice cap, the nightcap, take a nightcap, <laughs> whatever. And we just talked and we talked until it was over. I said goodbye and that was it. I mean, it was nothing. And then there's this. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe we could just move on. Let's talk then. Let's forget about this other stuff. I don't understand why that happens. And maybe I will... You know what they say? Why don't you just read? And no, then oh, then I love it. You want to hear something? Then they tell you, why don't you read? Why don't you read the tech stuff and the, the how to or study it? The people who write technical journals, I think they're wait for it, wait for it, retarded. And I use that word because I don't understand why why they're not writers. And you know, to be a writer, you got to be clear. Once again, they write. Actually, they're not. I mean, I'm the I'm the retarded person. I'm the slow, mentally challenged person. They're writing because they think you know a certain amount of stuff. It's like, oh, well, that's easy. The interface means you do this and do that. And then they leave out steps because you know, right? Because you're smart enough to know this stuff. Well, here's what I know. I know that the end of the world is not near. And I don't think any of these people do either. And I want to say that if you feel any of this stuff I'm talking about, is not correct, if you do not agree with the debunking, then you get in touch with me uh, at fcatolo at yahoo.com or you get in touch with me, become my friend at Facebook. If you're already my friend at Facebook, then write to me there and you tell me why you think. And you know what? Here's what's amazing to me too. So many people that believe this stuff is over and they're doing nothing about it. And they're not even they're not even sad. I mean, wouldn't you be sad if you were absolutely sure the world was going to end at a given time? Wouldn't that affect your every moment? Right? So these people who say, like, you know, something's gonna happen, something big and terrible is gonna happen. I have to go to work now, I'm late. Yeah, it's like, why? You're going to work, you know, what are you doing? What are you talking about? You gotta go to work. Yeah. Honey, did you pay the rent? Who cares about the rent? And nobody's doing anything. So uh, so it is my belief that most people do not believe this stuff. And the people who do are the people who believe things I can't imagine why they believe. Let's look at science. The end of the world is near. There are six end of the world myths for this year alone. And I grew up in New York, where there was always people walking around the city with these, play, these I don't know what they call it. They got signs, but they wear it in the back and the front, and it's got a rope on it, so you put it over your neck. The end is near! Repent! The end is near! You know? People just walking down the street, and then they have... Uh, asking for no, 
No. Why would they want money? The no, end is near. The in cartoon show stereotypes. If you believe in those, maybe you believe the world is going to end. I have no idea. Uh, stereotypes and cliches are all based on truths anyway. But let's look at this now. The end of the world is near. December 21st, 2012, to be exact, the, the theories that are based on the ancient Maya prediction and have been fanned by the marketing machine behind the, uh, behind, uh, the, the movie, the, that movie when 2012 came out. That was really... A uh, an important a promotional thing. So everybody thought that was going to happen. Let me read to you from uh, what uh, World Daily here, National Geographic News. We'll read some of this stuff and see oh, wow. what uh, was going down with this uh, because they've been talking about this for years. That's right. This was written in 2009. Give you an idea of how much garbage how much garbage? You see, that's when it came became news because the movie was coming out. It was all part of a, the movie machine. But the ancient Maya, could a human kind really meet its end in 2012, drowned in apocalyptic floods, walloped by a secret planet, seared by an angry sun, or thrown overboard by speeding continents? Speeding continents? What's a speeding continent? Anyway, uh, the ancient Mayans, who I might add right now, and I could say without any reservation, have just contributed nothing to mankind. Okay? If there are any... <laughs> Any of you uh, are, I don't think any of us are related to them anyway. We're all technically related to um, Attila the Hun. That's the farthest back we could go and understand heritage of the hum- of humankind. And I know that is uh, disbelieved, disbelieved, Di- is not believed by so many people because of various other beliefs. That's a, but that, that happens to be true. And uh, don't ask me, one day I'll find that show, we'll repeat it and tell you why. That stuff. But the Mayans had an empire. Check this out. Uh, between 250 AD and 900 AD. So 250 years after the census, which of course was the reported, alleged birth of Jesus Christ. And so that was the year of the census. Uh, 2,250 years afterwards to 900. This is how long they lived. What is that? You do the math. I'm not going to do the math. They, uh, uh, and, and they took, and listen, this is where the Mayans were down there in, uh, in Mexico and Central America. Now, how, just ask yourself this question right off the bat. How could these Indians who remember these are people who felt they should paint their faces when they went to do whatever they had to do during the day? All right. Now you can say like, well, women do that. They put on makeup, right? I understand. I understand what you're saying. But remember that. These are people who lived in somewhere between Mexico and Central America. And they're, they're not just saying someday there'll be vehicles that move. And it's not like Leonardo da Vinci. Someday there'll be men will fly. No, this is like we have uh, we have the we have word uh, we have it by good authority. They say in their Mayan language. Have you ever seen Apocalypto, uh, the movie that uh, Mel Gibson said, uh, uh, wrote and produced before he went absolutely out of his mind? Uh, he he uh, Apocalypto about these uh, these this civilization. Right, this, this civilization could not exist past nine hundred, but they knew they knew somehow how the world was going to end. Here's what. It says, one aspect of the 2012 end of the world hype is real. The hype is the fear. That's just the fact that, oh, no, this is going to happen, and uh, that's going to be 
uh, that's going to be really bad. Now, we all know that, and I didn't know this till a couple of weeks ago, too. Do you know that the NASA, I don't even know if NASA exists anymore because they don't get any money, but whoever the space people, whoever the, are the space the space people, the American uh, space people, the people who, you know, got all those things from contact and Jodie Foster sits behind the, sits behind the thing and uh, watches, you know, that stuff. Remember that? Uh, the, these people, uh, did you know that they watch, they watch, they watch the, uh, uh, asteroids and they know, how, and, and comets and, uh, is it a comet or asteroids? And these things that, you know, that are floating around up there in space that are like too close to, uh, to the, uh, the, they miss because we don't want them to hit, you know, they have, uh, they're watching to see if these things hit. Or come close. How close they come. They don't hit. They don't have to watch to see if they hit. (laughs) Oh, God. You're an interesting species. (laughs) An interesting mix. You're capable of such beautiful dreams. And such horrible nightmares. Oh, yeah. You feel so lost. Oh, lost. So cut off. I'm not cut off. So alone. I'm alone. No, you're not. I'm not. See... In all our searching, the only thing we've found that makes the emptiness bearable is each other. Thank you. Thank you so much for that wisdom. Actually, it is is a wonderful, wonderful thing from the movie Contact. I brought it up, and what do you think happens? Along comes a clip. He's talking to Jodie Foster. Am I saying her name right? Yeah, Jodie Foster. He's talking to Jodie Foster as she stands in this phantasmagorical platform uh, with two suns, three moons, or whatever. So, oh, so we're we're cha- we're we're we got uh, satellites up there that are saying like, oh, here come, there's a comet. It's eight thousand four hundred thirty-three million miles away. Wow, was that close? You get an idea of spatial difference, okay? Deference and difference, right? This thing's only two hundred fifty thousand million miles, and it's gonna come by. It's gigantic. Wow, just missed Earth. Because we have, we, you and I, we all have this spatial reality which has nothing to do with real life. Because real life is out there. You know, it's gigantic. Uh, anyway, uh, NASA has, a, has an Ask an astro, Astrobiologist website. And there are thousands of questions going there every day still, especially as it gets closer, about the doomsday predictions. And... Um, there are people out there, uh, according to the uh, to the people who run this website at NASA, that are genuinely frightened. Again, so maybe what they're doing is they're so frightened that they go about their daily business because that makes them feel all right. A very old psychological trick uh, that doctors and psychologists psychotherapists tell you is when you start to feel really strange, when anxiety comes about, when all this, when you start to feel, you get these feelings of, I don't know, sickness, whatever, really strange. The best thing to do is to do something very normal. So uh, you have an anxiety attack, it's okay. And I mean, when I'm talking about anxiety attack, I mean, just feeling bad, even if you're feeling like depressed, do something very normal. Wash your hands, shave. If you're a woman, don't shave. Or shave your legs. 
There you go. Do something. Do something normal. Make some scrambled eggs. You know, uh, put on a pot of coffee. You don't like coffee? Make some tea. Do something normal, and it puts you back into this stream of normality, of, of acceptance that you're just here and, and, you, and, you know, the forces beyond you, which have control anyway, because you're out of control. Okay, you want to have that sense of feeling of being grounded. That's it. So, so you do that. And I know what you're saying. You're saying we haven't even gone to myth number one, but that's okay. Uh, all right. Uh, scientists. So that's why some of these people are not people who are really frightened are not saying things like, I'm not going to work today. What's the use? I'm going to lay in bed and go out and get me some scotch. I'm going to get drunk and just vomit in my bed and sit around and, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to clean myself or nothing. Because, because it would be, and those are signs of, uh, of, of clinical depression, but of course, it would be absolutely normal for everybody to be suddenly depressed if they thought that in a couple of days there's nothing else left. I mean, what do you do? Do you like, you know, fill up, you know, I better go, hey, gas is down four cents. We better go fill her up. You know what? Think about it. There's nothing to it. Well, see, you would actually be doing things so absurd. I want to eat all the ice cream I can before I die, you know, or, or if it's like, how about this? The end of the world this news report, the end of the world, scheduled for tomorrow at noon, has incited millions of people to buy bacon. That's right. Everyone is buying the worst food you get. They're buying bacon and going home and cooking bacon. And they're drinking the grease. and Because it doesn't matter anymore, right? What about your cholesterol? Who cares? Throw the pills out the window. Let's just have bacon. You know, if you were dying, I know if I was dying, the one thing I'd want to have more than anything is bacon. Who would want bacon? <laughs> like a dog, you know when the dogs love bacon. Bacon is food of the gods. Yeah, what kind of gods? The cholesterol gods? The god, I mean, it's a horrible thing, bacon. It's terrible. It's fat. It's pigs. <laughs> it's pigs fat. It's greasy pigs fat. It gets into your body. It corrodes your, your veins. And it makes your heart work harder, which kills. Anyway, I'm not, I don't mean to scare you. Uh, and the bacon council will be calling tomorrow. And the, the pig council. Is it a pig council or the bacon council? What is it? I don't know. The pork council. Pork. The other white meat. What is, uh, the, what, who does, ba- who promotes bacon anyway? You ever see that movie, uh, uh, Thank You for Not Smoking about the people who, who actually talk about, uh, smoking, about, that promote smoking? That's, that's their job. What are we doing? We're getting close to the top of the hour. I'm gonna, now I'm going to have to load uh, some of these things because we're definitely going to have to take this break. I know I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to take this break and uh, go to the window. Go to the window. No, I'm going to have to go to the uh, bathroom. I'm, I'm missing files too. I have no idea. This this whole transformation has, has made me... Uh, sad. <laughs> what, is, what am I saying? Oh, we're going to put on some some of these PR things, and I know they're going to cut off. They'll cut off at the end, right? That's what will happen. We'll put some of these PSAs on, and here's what we'll do. We'll put these PSAs on, and then we'll uh, – what do we do? We'll all replenish our precious bodily fluids, go get ourselves some what? We'll get ourselves some uh, liquid – or something, go to, go to the bathroom if you have to, uh, do whatever it is, and you'll, we'll take a little bit of time to relax, and then we'll come back and debunk the, look at that, oh, he's weird, that weird circle that goes around, what is that weird circle that goes around, 
then we're go- we're going to do that, and then we'll uh, we'll play this stuff. I'll give you a couple of minutes to take a break. My name is Frank Atolo. The man whose name we're doing is the title of the show. I can't find the other thing. Where's that? There's that, that other, okay, we'll just do it this way, I guess. Unless we have him somewhere. Where are you anyway? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm I've lost I've lost all control. Of my own thing. How about we do? Yeah, I tell you what we'll do. We'll put the we'll put this uh, commercial for the uh, uh, this funny one in there too. My name is Frank Atoma. My man whose name we're doing is the title of the show. Fifty-seven minutes after the hour, three minutes at the top of the hour. So I can do that now, just like your 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 old time DJ. We're gonna come back, and there'll be six myths of the end of the world. I've I've I've, I've kept you here, and I want to keep you here for another hour. Let's first do this. Move on. And then come back. Don't go with us. Don't go with us. Don't go away. Don't go away from us. Stay with us. Oh, God. And because the shrinking panels, I have no idea. I'm just going to go on. I'm just going to go on. I don't know what to tell you. Don't go away. On behalf of Rad, if you're drinking, you can't drive my car or any car. Remember, if you're partying this holiday season, don't drink and drive. Got it? It's just not worth it. Doesn't make sense. Thank you. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. We interrupt this program for no reason. Had there been a reason, you'd have been asked to go along with it and perhaps even take off your pants. But there is no reason, so now we return you to the program. Now, for the first and last time anywhere, it's the Wolfman Jack Christmas album. That's right, the master of Murray Muses himself and a collection of his all-time favorite Christmas sayings. No music, no atmosphere of yuletide fun, just the jolly old Wolfman himself. You'll hear him say, Noel. And deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. La 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 la. It's a treasure for any collector of Christmas vinyl. You even get his merry old laugh, often mistaken for that of Santa Claus. <laughs> 
And if you act now, we'll send you absolutely free another album called Wolfman Jack Trimming His Christmas Tree. It features 567 great sounds as the Wolfman puts all sorts of trimmings on his 40-foot evergreen. Yes, you'll even hear him fall as he tries to put the top piece on. Order now. Here's how to order. Just leave $22.95 in cash under an oak tree with a dog marked, I want the Wolfman stuff and return in three days. That's the Wolfman Jack Christmas album. $43.88, cassettes $55.50. Act now. Would it be crazy if you just stopped everything, packed your bags and left for a week, a month, a year? What if you left for two years? Would people think you'd lost your mind? What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? A village crowded with Buddhist temples, not skyscrapers. A place where there isn't a word for recluse, but a thousand words for community. Would it be crazy to go 5,000 miles from home? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To build libraries and fill them with stories? Prepare a meal with food you helped grow? To teach children? and learn a thing or two about yourself. Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. And it cuts, and it cuts. You hear that? And it cuts. <laughs> I don't know why this happens. I hate it. I don't want to go back to my little grass shack in Wiki, Hawaii. My name is Frank Atola, man. His name is Dorian's title of the show. Maybe I should just do, like, funny phone calls. You know, maybe I should, you know, maybe we should just, you know, just change the whole show like this. This is me, Frank Atoll. Hello? This is me, Frank Atoll. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> oh, look who's joined us. I- I'm sorry, I'm not getting half We're of what you're saying. We're on right now. Hello? This is me, Frank Atoll. Okay. This is Roger LaPointe from Atomic Athletic. What are you saying now? This is Roger LaPointe from Atomic Athletic. This is me, Frank Atoll. I'm I'm not understanding what you're saying. I keep telling you. This is me, Frank Atoll. Okay, what can I do for you? I will be there. Cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. 
everybody had mentioned. I have it on good authority. Yes. We're broadcasting. We're on right now. What do I say again? Oh, Mickey's joined us. I'm, I'm getting a strange echo here. It's making it really that. difficult to understand what you're saying. This is me, Frank all. It's really funny. They're not a little dumb. Oh, yeah, right. These are the wrong words. That's a bad word to use. Flew out of my head like a squirrel in a palm tree. Okay, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to take a short break here. Put some news in the crap on. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do that. That was sent to me. Somebody did that with a soundboard. Just using my soundboard, <laughs> these phrases. <laughs> Maybe that should be the show. Maybe that's all people care care to hear. They don't, you know, they don't hear all this other stuff, right? I mean, this is, like, you know, don't, you just. Some of us have great stories. <laughs> Noodle salad. Good. <laughs> Pretty stories that take place at lakes with boats yeah. and friends and good. Noodle salad. Boats and friends and good. Noodle salad. But a lot of people, that's their story. Noodle salad. Boats and friends and boats and friends and good times. Noodle salad. Noodle salad. That's their story. Noodle salad. Noodle salad. Noodle salad. What makes it so hard is not that you had it bad, but noodle salad. Good. 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 That's their story. Noodle salad. Noodle salad. And that even ends. Cut off. It doesn't end. It cuts off. Maya predicted the, the end of the world in 2012, but yet the Maya, and it's not Mayan, it's Maya. The Maya calendar doesn't end. i just take the microphone off here. I'm just going to do this by, I'm going to fly by the wing of my... A wing of my seat, the seat of my wings. The Maya calendar doesn't end in 2012, as it is been uh, told to us. The ancients never viewed that year as the end of the world time, according to archaeologists who really studied these cats. But December 21st, 2012, and they say give or take a day, was a monumentous to the Mayans. So here's why. According to uh, Anthony Aveni, Aveni, I said Aveni, I could say it, Aveni, Aveni. I've been playing that game too long. You know where we play with, we put the wrong syllable on it. That's a fun game. Anthony Aveni, I don't even know. Maybe maybe I call him up. I go, hi, can I speak to Anthony Aveni? And he goes, Aveni. And I go, I'm sorry. And then Anthony Aveni, Aveni. Uh, 2012, uh, December 21st, according to him, it's the time when the largest grand cycle in the Mayan calendar, 1,872,000 days or 5,125.37 years, overturns and a new cycle begins. That's all. The Mayans have a thing. They say, like, well, after this amount of time, a new cycle begins. So for all we know, the Mayans, if they could speak to us today, are going like, you jerks. You calling this the end of the world? What are you, nuts? What are you, drunk? The Maya kept time on a, on a scale that few other cultures have considered. During the Empire's heyday, the Maya invented the Long Count, a lengthy circular calendar that transplanted the roots of Maya culture all the way back to creation itself. What they thought was creation. Remember, everybody thought differently, even though the stories are similar. During the 
2012 winter solstice, time runs out on the current era of the long count calendar of the Mayans. Maya, I'm sorry, which began at what the Maya saw as the dawn of the last creation period. That was August 11th, 3114 B.C. 3114 B.C. Wow. Again, nothing compared to, that was 100,000 million miles, just missed. <laughs> That's the idea. The, the concept of spatial you know, distance and stuff. We're all so puny. What a puny. We're an interesting race. You're capable of such puny thing. Yes, you're a puny race. Capable of such nonsense. The Maya wrote uh, the date August 11, 3114, which, pre, uh, which preceded their civilization by a thousand years. They called it day zero. It was 13.0.0.0.0. Where'd they get these numbers? How did they know numbers? I don't even know that. In December 2012, the lengthy area, the, the lengthy era ends and the complicated cyclical calendar will roll over to day zero. This is a lot like it was a lot like when we had 1999. I was talking about and it turned to, 20, to and the, the numbers change. Just started all over again. It's like you go into your car. It's like you want to sell your car and go look. It's brand new, and you change the odometer. Is that isn't an odometer? You know, it's just cheating. You can't do that. And then look, it has no miles on it. Is that an odometer? Odometer. Odometer. Pedometer. A pedometer counts the the miles. How come it's not a mileometer? Or a, the idea about this is that time gets renewed. The world gets renewed. Listen to this phrase: the world gets renewed all over again. Wait, there they go again with this phrase. No, bad English. I know. There they go with that. There they go with language again. Screw. And these are these are scientists. No, you get renewed. But they're not saying it's the end. That's the point. The point is that these people are misinterpreting what the Mayans actually, Maya, what the Maya. Well, why are we calling them Mayans if it's Maya? We're not even calling them by their correct names. It's like Columbus when he says, well, I'm in, in, well, I'm in the Indies. I'm in the West Indies. You must be Indians. <laughs> and then the, then the Indians are like, uh, and everybody calls them Indians. You know, throughout the years, decades, centuries, Indians now Native Americans, because we know they're not Indians. Indians are Indians. They're from India. But they must have been saying, maybe that's why they were so PO'd and then why they attacked. Uh, it wasn't just taking their land away from them and stuff. It wasn't just all that stuff. It was, look, we're not Indians. It's like they're trying to tell them. The idea that they everybody gets renewed, okay, the same way we renew on New Year's Day. So this is very much like what we do. On, so there's a myth right there. We might have gotten the whole thing wrong. Myth two, breakaway continents will destroy civilization. The continents breaking away from one another. In some 2012 doomsday prophecies, the earth becomes a death trap as it undergoes a pole shift. So there's a pole shift. This is what a lot of people say. I say a lot of people, I don't know, think. A pole shift. The planet's crust and mantle will suddenly shift, spinning around Earth's liquid iron outer core like an orange's peel, spinning around its fleshy fruit. 
Uh, you, you know, if you want, I'd like to sound quick. You know, go, go read later on. I'm not going to go into this now. What Einstein said about pole shifts, pole shifting. And then you'll see how, how much garbage, how much dried oatmeal, how much crud beneath your toes is this, this thing, this stuff, you know, right? The continents, the poles will shift. The movie uh, 2012, if you've not seen it, please go see it and don't be worried. Because uh, just marvel at how John Cusack is able to get that car uh, to, no, John, not Joan, John. John is the guy driving the car, not Joan. Joan's not even in the movie. How John, how he's able to get that car driving through Los Angeles while the entire place is coming apart at the seams, at the crust, at the pole. The movie, but in that movie, uh, the Maya predicted pole shift triggers uh, an extreme gravitational pull on the planet, uh, courtesy of a rare galactic alignment and by massive solar radiation, destabilizing the inner Earth by heating it up. Not heating it down, by heating it. They actually wrote something, correct? I said it wrong. I said heating it up, and they just said heating it. That's all you have to do is say heating it. You don't have to say heating it up or heating it down. You cool down, you heat up, right? You don't cool up and heat down. But as as was, uh, we talked about this when we were talking about ego and whatever we were talking about, when our good old pocket guru friend was here, when William Paisley was here, he was talking about you know, something's good because the planets are going to, something's going to happen about the consciousness of the world. Something's going to go on. And, uh, I, you know, I just think that's, I, I mean, God bless you. Uh, if there is a God and he can bless you, Mr. Paisley, you're a wonderful guy. And I want everybody to go out and get pocket guru and put it on your, your iPhone and your iPods. It's great. It's a wonderful thing to just hear positive stuff. But this junk, this is junk. This is, this is junk. This stuff. There's some kind of mass consciousness. I can't imagine why. I can imagine. Believe me, I can imagine a lot of junk. Junk is my my imagination's filled with junk. It's only junk. That's what imagination does. It creates junk. Breakaway oceans and continents will dump cities into the sea, thrust palm trees to the poles, and spawn earthquakes, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, and other disasters. Ah, uh, that's all baloney. Yeah, even the volcanoes will erupt. All this will happen because of pole shifts. And if you read about what, uh, you don't want me to know, what Einstein said about pole shifts, you realize that this is a baloney. So you can do that. You can go to pole shifts and read about it. It's what? It's a malarkey is right. And me ask Joe Biden, he knows malarkey. Pole shift uh, theories are theories, theories. You know when Gary Popel is on here and he says we do these studies and they come up with theories. These things aren't proven. We don't know what's going to happen when the pole shifts. Scientists uh, dismiss all of these drastic scenarios. Some researchers have speculated that a subtler shift could occur. For example, if the distribution of mass on or inside the planet radically changed because of melting of ice caps. That could dramatically change. Poles could shift. And then there might be some, but yeah, not like, you know, the, the donut at the big, uh, the big store, the famous donut store on, uh, I think it's La Cienega Boulevard in uh, Los Angeles is not going to come off 
of the top of the storm, roll down <laughs> the boulevard and, and destroy cars and stuff. While you know, uh, the, while the, uh, uh, the the towers fall at the uh, I forgot the name of that place, Century City. While Century City collapses, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Don't worry. It would take a mighty earthquake, and we know earthquakes exist for that. Those towers, those, I don't know, towers. Well, they are towers to come down. Princeton University uh, has extensive studies about pole shifts, and they they have a, uh, what is this called? Uh, if you want to go here, you can. I Just Google 2012 Countdown to Armageddon. It's a National Geographic Channel documentary. Uh, you might be able to still get that on the web here. The magnetic evidence in rocks confirm that continents have undergone drastic rearrangement, but the process took millions of years. It doesn't just happen overnight. Humanity will not even feel this. It's kind of like you have a kid, if you don't have a kid, or you know somebody, and they grow up in front of you, but you don't see them growing. It takes an awful long time. They grow up. You don't see them. You don't see the actual expansion of fingers. Noses, eyes, heads, bodies all together. You don't see that. When a plant grows outside, you know how you stop motion photography sometimes when they show you how that happens? You don't see it. You don't see it happening. You know, you can even watch a building being built and you don't see the changes. Myth number three. How about this? Here we go. Again, back to this. The galactic alignment spells doom. Here we go. Now, this is a lot of the New Age people. And this is, I believe, what Mr. Paisley was talking about. Let's see what it says here. Some sky watchers believe... I love the way they put that. Some sky watchers... Who are you? Oh, I'm a sky watcher. What do you do for a living? I watch the sky. I'm a sky watcher. I'm a sky watcher. I'm a sky watcher. Here comes one now. Remember that song, Girl Watcher? I'm a girl watcher. I'm a girl watcher. Here comes one now. Here comes one now. Hey now. <laughs> Here comes one. Hey now. So, uh, some sky watchers believe that 2012 will close and with a galactic alignment, which will occur for the first time in 26,000 years. Now, I don't understand this. If, in fact... Wasn't that part of, you know, in the dawning of Aquarius? Wasn't that when the moon is in the perfect house and Jupiter aligns with Mars and peace will come for the planets and this is just Broadway. This is the dawning of a bunch of whole junk to believe. A bunch of whole junk to believe. Junk to believe. Junk to believe. Maybe not. Maybe that wasn't the only. I thought we had already had the perfect alignment of planets and nothing happened. Everyone was talking about that making nutty nutty worlds out of uh, a life, disrupting civilization, weren't they at one time? Well, in the scenario of galactic alignment, the path of the sun in the sky would appear to cross through what from Earth looks to be the midpoint of our galaxy, which is the Milky Way, which in good viewing conditions appears as a cloud stripe across the night sky. If you ever see a cloud stripe Across the night sky. That's the Milky Way. The Milky Way. 
Milky Way, and you know, when I was growing up before, and this is amazing how, it's amazing how the world and pop culture works. When I'm growing up, before I know anything about our galaxy, no less the midpoint of our galaxy, no less anything about outer space, all I know is a candy bar I can buy for five cents is called a Milky Way. A Milky Way. This is what I know. I'm going, before I even learn in science anything about universes, it's a Milky Way. And I still can't figure out why a Three Musketeers bar is only one bar. When I was a kid, I used to say, isn't this like one Musketeer? Why don't they have different packages? One for Apos, one for Pathos, and one for Aramis. Those are the names of the Three Musketeers in Alexander Dumas' story, that book, which they call... And why would they name a candy bar after a, a famous book? <laughs> a French book. That, like, there's no... You can't go out, even now, you know, the big, uh, the big uh, movie, of course, a big musical has been made into a movie, Les Miserables, which is also... That's not, I think that's also Alexander Dumas, isn't it? Isn't that Dumas? No, no, I think it's Victor Hugo. It's Victor Hugo, the guy who wrote Hunchback of Notre Dame. And yet you can't get a Hunchback of Notre Dame candy bar, can you? You can get a Three Musketeers candy bar, but you can't get... There are other very famous French novels that are not candy bars, only the Three Musketeers. You grow up, pop culture completely dis- disrupts your conception and perception. You want to talk about having a bad learning curve. Maybe it's because they throw these curves at us. Now, I'm growing up, and I'm going, okay, why isn't there a hunchback of Notre Dame? Or, or even uh, uh, Alexander Dumas. Why isn't there a man in the iron mask candy bar? Imagine going into, how do you have a man in the iron mask candy bars? And someone would go, someone would actually say this to you. They'd say, don't be stupid. Who would have, who would have a candy bar called man in the iron mask? Well, but, but but because we know there's a Three Musketeers bar, and what is the Three Musketeers? What does this bar have? To, have you read the book? Has anyone out there read the Three Musketeers? There's not one candy bar in the entire book. Why did they do this? I guess you're going to have to write this down and look it up. Maybe if you Googled Three Musketeers candy bar, you'll find out that the guy who concocted the candy bar was a big fan of Alexander Dumas, who some people call dumbass. D-U-M-A-S. <laughs> Alexander Dumbass. Dumas. Dumas. Where are we? We're back to this galactic alignment that we're doing. Uh, so the, the lineup of the planet, this is what is feared. This is the, this is the fake theory. It's not even a real theory. A theory in itself isn't proven. I got a fake theory. Here's the fake notion of alignment. The uh, the the uh, the uh, the lineup of the lineup of the galaxies. No, the lineup of the the lineup of the sun and all the planets will somehow exp- somehow. <laughs> this is a, I mean, this is really. I believe that it will somehow. It's great somehow. It will somehow expose Earth to powerful, unknown galactic forces. If they're unknown, how do we know that they're going to be exposed? 
They expose Earth to powerful unknown galactic forces that will hasten the doom of the planet, perhaps through a pole shift, as they say. Maybe that's it. We know about those, but we but we know about pole shifts, but they're nothing to do with with the the, the speed uh, 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 or the stirring of the supermassive black hole at our galaxy's heart. In the heart of our galaxy, not our universe. Oh, I wish Dr. Waldar was here. He might be able to um, to see, to actually put this into a, a perfect perception because he uh, knows more about this astrological thing. Or even you, Skylar. Are you listening? Even Skylar, I don't know. Someone should be, would be able to understand, figure this out. Too late now. We'll do that another time. Others see the purported event uh, in a positive light as heralding the dawn of a new era in human consciousness. Now, that's the junk. That's the other junk that comes. So there is a positive side to it. But even when it's positive, how about this being positive? How about the only positive side and the best, if there are other positive sides of this not happening, is the fact that it does nothing happens. How about it's pretty positive? That these people are all wrong about massive pole shifts, supermassive black holes stirring up the earth, unknown galactic forces. I mean, what are we talking about here? This is like, uh-oh, what, what just happened? Oh, I lost, I lost, I lost something. Oh yeah, what? <laughs> this is, I what? What is? What is all of this about? It's so mad. It's so crazy. And there are still people out. There. Maybe people want to believe this stuff, in a sense, and um, and so. But and it's fun. Granted, it's fun to be uh, thinking, but. Uh, in another sense, it's so, it's crazy. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but, yeah. Rocky Jones, Space Ranger. <laughs> That's right. It's like Rocky sorry, Jones. No, sorry, no one would just believe it, right? So you grow up thinking about Milky Way bars. Three Musketeers on this. And, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who? Rocky Jones, <laughs> Space Ranger. Rocky Jones, Space Ranger. The deal also is that when you grow up and and uh, Milky Way, you don't know about the Milky Way, but you know about milk because you think Milky Way is not the name of a, a candy bar. But the sad part also from a, an educational point of view is that you think, come on, you think that the Three Musketeers is a candy book. You don't even know it's a book. You don't even know the Three Musketeers. You no less know their names. Athos, Pathos, and Aramis. Athos, Pathos, and Aramis. I know a lot of you are saying, what about D'Artagnan? D'Artagnan is the main character. I mean, he's not, he becomes a musketeer. Then he becomes a four musketeers. But the three musketeers, and you know how many musketeers are there? Well, there anyway. There were plenty of them, but these three were like they were closest thieves. These three, Aramis, 
Athos and Pathos. Well, he has a lot of musketeers. There is a lot of musketeers out there. But the three who are really close, again, three, three, the third man. See, he just fits right into the third man, the three musketeers, the three stooges. Three, there's always, it always comes down to three. Even and then D'Artagnan had to squeeze in there. Once it was four months, he was just another. He became a musketeer, but he was never one of the three musketeers. In order for D'Artagnan to have been one of the three musketeers, Athos m- might have died, and then it would have been D'Artagnan, Pathos, and Aramis. Or Pathos would have died. It would have been Athos, D'Artagnan, and Aramis. Or Aramis would have died, and it would have been Athos, Pathos, and D'Artagnan. But it could never have been Athos, Pathos, Aramis, and D'Artagnan because those are four. That's four. So he never really became. One of the three musketeers. And maybe there should have been a D'Artagnan uh, candy bar all its own, right? My name is Frank Atola. I'm the man whose name adjoins the title of the show. We're debunking, among other things, <laughs> debunking the six major myths that the world are on, how the world will end. No, the myths, yeah. We're debunking, making into myths, these uh, theories on how the world will end. So we're debunking how the world will end in 2012. It is 2012. And we're here, and, and we're going to be here through that. In fact, uh, I don't know, because I haven't looked at the calendar, and it's not in front of me. But we will again be doing the roll call from the Bone Garden. The artist D will be here, and we'll be talking about all the celebrities in all walks of life, not just singers, dancers, and entertainers who've died during the year, who have passed away, giving them one last hurrah, telling you stories, if there are any personal stories that you or I have about these people, and uh, saying goodbye to them as every, you know, there should be a show like this should be done in so many different ways. We do these, you'll see these memorials through the year, at the end of the year, I mean, you'll see these memorials, these collages of people who have died, but you very rarely see everyone we try to go down to the most, we may actually, like if the guy who invented the Three Musketeers candy bar died, he'd be on the list. That's a celebrity as far as we're concerned. Every bit as much as Fred is there. And he's not on the list because that was a long time ago that he died. And hopefully we'll get to the list and neither D nor I will be on the list. Then who will do it? We all, who would do it? We don't want to, we don't want to go to that particular area of possibility. Let's stay where we are. Where are we? Ricatolo Chronicles, Y2K, plus 12, headed towards 13, looking at, uh, when we, not, I didn't even finish with the, uh, with the, with the alignment theory. Let's do three. There's still, yeah, we're, we still got the alignment theory. Uh, okay, I said that, uh, some people said positive. That's where I, that's where I uh, went off guard, off subject there when I said positive. There's something else here. Uh, Oh, there's an alignment that this alignment that they're talking about that's supposed to be so treacherous really occurs every winter solstice. The sun, as seen from Earth, appears in the sky and looks to be in the midpoint of the Milky Way. Horoscope uh, writers, people who deal in planets where they are placed and how that affects people here on Earth, may be excited by alignments uh, but the reality is that alignments are of no interest to science. Science doesn't care about them. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me. Those of you out there who are into all this stuff, and it's just stuff. 
It's wonderful. I love, I love poetry. I love literature. I love fiction. But you got to separate fiction from fact, okay? Even scientists, and they know a lot more than you and I because they can actually, they actually know the names of things smaller than atoms, right? And they, and it's not like I name, you know, I would name them Bob, Phil, Alice. There's a, there's a scientist quoted here that says alignments mean nothing. They create no changes in gravitational pull, solar radiation, planetary orbits, or anything else that would impact life on Earth. Nothing. Zilch. Zero. Ordinary astronomical phenomena are imbued with a sense of threat by people who already think the world is going to end. And make no mistake about this, because when you talk to a scientist, and we've talked about this here before, the world is going to end. The, the world itself is uh, the sun that controls this world. We can't live without that sun. Nothing on this planet can live without that sun. And that sun, according to scientists, is at middle age. If it's at middle age, then in another whatever, I don't know the exact number of years, 52 billion, whatever, I don't know, it's going to burn out. All stars burn out. They know that. And there's going to be no Earth and nothing on it unless some kind of a life that we don't know about is able to create itself and live in the darkness atmosphere with no light, sun, plants, or anything. And that's ridiculous, too, because we know that the, the constants of, of, of life have got to be pretty much the same throughout all of, all of uh, the galaxies. I mean, it doesn't. Things, all these scientific things don't change. If you're able to leave the galaxy and suddenly everything changes, I don't think so. I think the, I think we've found the properties of life and, and that's that. None of us want to really uh, believe it or agree with it. We don't want to do that. That's, that's too, that's horrible. So the alignment thing is garbage. The, um, no ancient Maya text or artwork makes reference to any kind of alignment. Are you listening? Hello. Hear that? You people with your Maya calendars and your, and this, we, I would love to know who started this. Probably the, probably the son of the guy who said, let's call the chocolate bar a Three Musketeers chocolate bar. I wonder why they never came out with a dirty dozen. I don't know why they would use three for one. Milky Way. It's a Milky Way. Let's name it after the universe. Let's name it after that milk-like cloud, this candy bar. That's a little different than a $100,000 bar. $100,000 bar. Because you could say, oh, that sounds like, hey, you know, I taste like $100,000. It's really good. Valuable. At only 25, no, what, 25 cents. You know what they cost? Unbelievable. You can't even buy a Hershey bar for under a dollar anywhere unless you, unless you, I don't know, have a coupon. And nobody gives coupons for chocolate bars. Okay, uh, the end of the current long cycle count. Uh, let's go through this. Winter solstice 2012 may be evidence the Maya had some astronomical skill. They don't rule out the likelihood that astronomy played a role in the selection of uh, 2012 as the cycles end. 
said one guy, but Maya astrom- astronomers built observatories, and by observing the night skies and using mathematics, they knew something about math. I don't know how. I guess they, you know, it just goes to show you. That's testimony to the human brain. Go tell that to Eric Von Donegan, who thinks that the aliens came down and built the uh, pyramids and the Sphinx. Because he didn't think that the human mind was and strength and fortitude was, was, was big enough and strong enough and smart enough to put together a pyramid. No way they could have known that math. Eric Von Wanigan. It's a theory. But people bought into it. They want to buy into it. They knew math. They learned uh, the Maya, learned to accurately predict eclipses and other celestial phenomena. So the current cycle uh, was tied to a solar zenith passage when the sun crosses directly overhead and its terminal date will fall on a December solstice. These choices may indicate that the Maya calendar is tied to seasonal agricultural cycles central to ancient survival. That makes tons of sense. You know, you read the Farmer's Almanac. Anyone out there plant your tomatoes based on the Farmer's Almanac? Because they have an idea of what the weather will be like, what the how the climate changes over the next year. The Mayan, Maya, I keep saying Mayans, the Maya have that. They, uh, that would make sense. Because they got to grow things to eat things. What do you think? They went down to the Maya, the Maya supermarket, that there were a bunch of Maya guys who were able to uh, stock, <coughs> excuse me, canned goods. <coughs> they didn't have cans. They know how to make cans. A civilization that doesn't know how to make cans is hardly a civilization able to predict the end of the world from beneath it or from the stars, right? Okay? We're giving them way too much credit. We give a lot of credit to a lot of people and a lot of things and a lot of history that doesn't even exist, that doesn't isn't even true. We don't know if George Washington cut down a cherry tree. Where did that, what was that all about? I cannot tell a lie. I cut down the cherry tree. Maybe someone knows that. Maybe there's work with that. You know, this new Lincoln movie, I may add, I do add, Daniel Day-Lewis, who plays Abraham Lincoln in this Steven Spielberg movie, studied uh, the book. The, uh, there was a book about Lincoln. I forgot her name again. I always forget her name. The lady who wrote it. She's on MSNBC. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it's a weird sound, huh? Uh, the lady... <laughs> Lady. Anyway, um, they people talked about how Abraham Lincoln sounded, the sound of his voice, which is why when you hear Link, uh, Daniel Day Lewis talking as the character Abraham Lincoln, he it's a voice like we didn't we never heard because the only voices we heard are the ones that were portrayed in other movies, which are fake. They just made it up. They thought he had a deep voice. Any number of people who played him. I think Henry Fonda played him as a young man. Someday, someday I'll free the slaves. I know it's a terrible, terrible Henry Fonda impression. But half of you, if not more than that, don't know Henry Fonda. Myth five. Something else that is fake. If you believe it, 
you're about to not believe it. In disaster, in a disaster scenario, solar storms savage Earth. That in itself sounds like a, doesn't that sound like a, some kind of science fiction thing? Solar storms savage Earth. <laughs> it's an episode of Rocky Jones, <laughs> Space Ranger. What about that guy? There was a guy, uh, Jiggy Jaguar turned me on to a guy who was going to, uh, said something about coming on the show talking about uh, Rocky Jones, Space Ranger. What happened to that guy? I, I thought I wrote to him and said, come on the show, we'll talk about it. I know, we'll find him again. We'll see what we could do. Because the world's not going to, oh, because the world isn't ending, we're also going to need more content. And I know I always have this junk that's coming out of my brains every week, but we are going to have some more people as the show continues on this show, including some of the people we've had before. And new ones. <laughs> I don't mean new people. That would be like a, a newborn, a baby. A baby would be a new person. A new, they have a new person on the show. He's going, Wee! This kid just born? No, that's not that. We're going to have people who've never been on this show and some other people who have been on this show. And we're going to do that. And we go into 2013 knowing nothing as we went into every other year that we've done here while we do this. Thinking perhaps that we could build some company. Then we'll never get this. Is, look, let me tell you something right off the bat. This is this. There's no empire going to be built based on Cotolo Chronicles. This is the first all talk internet radio show. We were there, and, and we'll be here, and this is our legacy. Nobody has gotten rich, or some people have become enriched from listening to this over the years, and you've been with us, and you know that stuff has happened, that this stuff has happened. There are people out there making money and uh, using this media that nobody wanted when we came on the air. Even for like two or three years we were on there, nobody wanted to have anything to do with us or the internet streaming radio platform. Now, everybody's here. And we told you it's going to be one giant, crowded thing. We thought that uh, there would be a great merger. It's difficult to merge. They're pretty much, and I said this too, if it doesn't merge, that was the good scenario. The bad scenario is what happened. They've just taken over. Because they have the money, the power, and everything else. So they come in and they just took over. And we can't seem to get our feet on the ground of making commercial these particular endeavors that we do here. But we are plenty of internet stations out there and they're carrying shows, not like this one, but they're carrying shows that are only available. And some talented people and fun people and great entertainment and education is available if you go there. It's, they've always been there. And they're still there. These are people who do the stuff. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people doing things to make money. That's a wonderful thing, especially if you do something you love. But these people are doing this stuff because they love it and because they have limited audiences and audiences that are just it's great to do it. It's fun. And it's good and it's part of their lives. So please support all the stations. And remember, we don't make this is don't make a dime. This is why we keep pushing things like the books, the products. You know, you can go out. You could get these things and they'll help us continue. And the fabulous P 
people who continue to get better. I complain all about this technology, and yet uh, they went uh, through hell or high water and paid money to make sure I was still on the air over there at SRN Media Works. So bless them if I am able to do such a thing. Thank them. I do. You do. If you like this show, then you do. That's not a myth. Solar storms to savage Earth as we uh, crawl into the last quadrant of the second hour of Cotolo Chronicles. Our friendly neighborhood star, it is rumored, will produce lethal eruptions of solar flares turning up the heat on Earthlings. The other day there were pictures of this big explosion uh, on the sun. Now granted, there are things that happen on the sun which affect stuff back here, radio waves, uh, uh, cable things, you know, stuff. It does affect it. It's part of the atmosphere. And it's all one big atmosphere. There was this thing the other day, I and they had pictures of it on uh, on all the on all the uh, news places. But you know, I, I don't remember even falling. I don't remember even tripping, walking while it happened. I don't remember not being able to you know swallow my coffee, or I don't remember anything happening. The nosebleeds I had have nothing to do with it. They had nothing to do with that. Solar activity waxes and wanes according to approximately 11-year cycles. 11-year cycles. Big flares can indeed damage communications and other earthly systems, but scientists have no indications the sun, this sun, our sun, at least in the short term, will unleash storms strong enough to fry our planet. I know this gets into uh, global warming and stuff, but that doesn't have to do with this. The ultimate global warming, of course, is when the sun starts to burn out. Because when the sun is burning out, it's it's gonna it's gonna suck our planet closer to it. As long as before it burns out, we're gonna be burned. And you want to talk about global warming? How about that? How about take Earth? And put it like, you know, a couple of thousand, even put it a couple of thousand miles closer to the sun. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's beach season. Let me tell you, beyond belief. It's time to take out the solar cane. They came up with that title, that name for that product by the Sola. Because Sol is, Sol is sun in Spanish. Solar cane, solar, from whence comes the word solar. And stuff. See, there's this intertwining of communication which goes on throughout all of humankind. Solar activity waxes and wanes. According, there's no no uh, no, there's no short-term evidence. There's no evidence that these flares and these explosions that we know about. Remember, things can happen we don't know about. But these are predictions saying that there's unknown things. I love that. Unknown things are going to happen. You better watch out. Unknown things are always, I mean, what? Things we don't know? There's plenty I don't know that's going to happen. Can't predict it because nobody knows it's going to happen. If it's unknown, I love the unknown forces. Unknown forces attacked the country of Spain today. Unknown forces. As it turns out, the sun isn't always on schedule, according to a NASA astronomer. We expect that the cycle probably won't peak in 2012, but a year or two later. So you can go look that up. Write this down. 
down, go to your Catola uh, Chronicles notebook or whatever it is you're writing down. The Barter Broadcasting is telling you all this stuff. You write it down. You go look it up at your leisure. Do what you want with it. Here's the final myth. You ready for this one? Here we go. The final myth is that Maya, this civilization, had clear predictions for 2012. That they saw clearly. Okay, now we're, now we're telling you they didn't see clearly. They were, how could they see clearly? They didn't even, I mean, they didn't, uh, they might have known some math. But they still had these outrageous perceptions of of of, of human spirits, right? They're these crazy look. If they they how could they they believed? It's very much like uh, biblical stuff. If you read about Armageddon, you know, horsemen, horsemen, the four horsemen of the apocalypse that bring. This is great stuff too. This is great. Literature. I love this stuff. It's wonderful. It's gallant. It's theatric. It's it's movie material. And there are these what petulance uh, is one of them. That's the one I remember the most because that's a great word. Petulance, petulance, uh, hunger, uh, lust, and bargains. I don't know. I don't remember them. The four horsemen bring all these various swarms of of stuff that are going to destroy humankind. Horsemen are coming from... How big are these horsemen on horses come from the sky? Now, if, now people who are believing this are also... They don't understand the elements that go into fluoride that clean their teeth, I guess. Well, they don't understand none of this stuff. The real stuff they don't know. They don't believe. They just take it for granted. But they believe stuff that uh, giant horsemen. I like to look at it all as metaphor and and fiction. As should you, if I am going to suggest anything. If the Maya didn't expect the end of time in 2012, what exactly did they predict? Okay, let's look at this in the waning moments of our show on this Y2K plus 12. Many scholars who've poured over the scattered evidence on Maya monuments, say the Empire didn't leave a clear record predicting anything specific would happen. It's all a bunch of mush and garbage. It's all fiction. The Maya did pass down a graphic, undated at the moment, end-of-the-world scenario described on the final page of a circa 1,100 text known as the Dresden Codex. The document describes a world destroyed by flood, a scenario imagined in many cultures and probably experienced on a less apocalyptic scale by ancient peoples. Go read the Dresden Codex. Look that up on your internet. Write that down. Dresden, D-R-E-S-D-E-N, Codex, C-O-D-E-X. Dresden, as you might know from history, uh, was the German city that was firebombed and and burnt to three crisps. I think it was more destruction than than the, than the atom bomb in, in Nagasaki. Horrible. Dresden firebombed. I think it's named after that. Uh, and the uh, Arco uh, astro- an astronomer said, <laughs> Arco astronomer. I don't know. You know these incredible names. 
this uh, said the scenario is not meant to read literally, but as a lesson about human behavior. It's likened to cycles of our own New Year period when the closing of an era is, is accompanied by frenetic activities and stress, followed by a rebirth period. Rebirth. Another thing I don't really, I don't, I don't even like the word. A birth of something else when many people take stock and resolve to begin living better. This comes from all the uh, fiction and all the legend of New Year's resolutions. All comes from that. The Maya weren't even much for predictions. The whole timekeeping scale is a very is very past directed, not future directed, according to Maya studiers. What you read in the monuments of the Maya of the long count are events that connected Maya rulers with ancestors and the divine. The farther back you can plant your roots in deep time, the better argument you can make that you're legit. And I think that's why the Maya rulers were using long count time. It's not about a fixed prediction about what's going to happen. It's not. It's not about that. (laughs) It's all about this. Him. You bet. Who? Rocky Jones, (laughs) Space Ranger. He didn't even know. Rocky Jones didn't even know. Right? Right? He doesn't know who does. I don't know. Rocky Jones didn't even know. My name is Frank Otolo. I'm the man whose name adorns the title of the show. Are you all going to feel better? Are you going to get to sleep tonight a little better? Knowing, knowing that it doesn't, it, it, knowing that you're not, it's not over. And even when the fat lady sings, it's not going to be over. <laughs> What's this is me, Frank Tatone. Frank Tatone. How you doing this evening? My friend is precious bodily fluids. <laughs> Ready? Huh? No, no sexual favors. <laughs> I keep telling you. This is me, Frank Tatone. Man, I'm the nuts with a bill. <laughs> Imagine what that guy. <laughs> yes? yes. Fuck you. <laughs> Who the heck was that? They found, oh boy, you can get a Frankatolo soundboard all your own. Call people and just uh, put that on, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, it'll say, "Who is it? It's me, Frankatolo." I hope you replenish your precious bodily fluids as we went on. We hope we do that every show. We'll be back again for as much as as long as we know. We'll be back again. Come next week. I think we have another week left of... Do we have another week left of... Uh, of yeah. yeah. Yeah, one more week left of this month. And then we head into December. And once we head into December, you know, that means... That means we're uh, we're heading right towards... The end of it all. Not the end of it all. Okay? The end of Y2K plus 12. Isn't it amazing? Well, we've been, isn't, it's absolutely amazing. You're just another lying old dirty birdie. I am not. I, and I don't think I'd better be around you for a while. All right, go away. <laughs> there was one time you couldn't do that on this show. For many, many, great many years, you couldn't do that on this show. But we'll uh, be back, of course. You can go to the many different places 
where we are, where we exhibit me, and you can uh, write to me at ktolochronicles.blogspot.com, and you can go see us at uh, what is it? It's FM Catolo YouTube. Dot, I believe it's FM Catolo. Some funny stuff there, and a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't like it and throw things at me because they've seen it, but you can go there too. I have I, it's, it's very funny because I still run into people who just come up to me and go, "You got any money? You got any money? <laughs> you got any money?" And you won't even understand that unless you go to YouTube slash FM Catolo. Where else? Anywhere else? Uh, at you know where? YouTube? No, Facebook. Uh, where else? Um, Facebook, Twitter at Frank Catolo. You can uh, there's stuff going on there. You can get us up there and uh, be listening to all the great stations that accompany this, that run, that run this show, and uh, and me, uh, Frank Catolo, at fcatolo at yahoo.com, which is also fcatolo. If you want to IM me and make uh, have me be a friend, a contact. It's called contacts, and on uh, it's called friends. On Facebook, Facebook, I'm Frank Catolo. You know me. There's uh, on there pictures, stories, and links to every possible place. Go buy license to skill at Amazon. Go get Molotov memoirs and keep listening for more announcements of more things that will happen as the year ends and as the new year comes in. Good night, Mrs. Ernstwile, wherever you are. I guess it's about time. I- I've made it through the the platform worked. My my windows have shrunk to <laughs> like they look like spaghetti. That's how thin. I don't know. I do know one thing. I have nothing more to say.